Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. Tour differently. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. Trey, I'm a special. We're all special, Randy. You are very <laughs> special. I mean, this is when we get you on. It's always special. I, I didn't have the heart, or actually, I didn't have the energy. I didn't have either the heart or the energy. I got to go back and watch your walk and talk from Saturday. Mm-hmm. I watched it. He sounded about like after a bad football game. Yeah, it didn't sound too much different, did it? Game. No. In fact, <laughs> I think same, I think yeah. about maybe two thirds of it was switching over to football. <laughs> so yeah, you did. We, yeah. we definitely covered a lot of football with it, but. Uh, you know, everywhere I go lately, people are asking me when I'm going to do a walk and talk for basketball. It's been on this show, obviously. And then the guy in front of me, uh, where I was sitting in, in the press area, he turned around and said, Trey, we really need a walk and talk after this one. <laughs> I, a lot of people view it as therapeutic. I'm not a licensed therapist, but for some reason, people, uh, it makes them feel better or calms down or something. I, I don't know. I still felt pretty frustrated when I was done with it uh, just because this team just – individually you look at it and it just seems like they should be individual a lot better and they're just not not coming together as a team and uh, it was just very disappointing the way the game played out that's uh you know all credit to south carolina south carolina is not that great a basketball team i mean yeah they're 15 and 3 but when you look at their numbers statistically they don't score a lot of points um, they're not a, a great rebounding team they don't shoot a lot of free throws <laughs> you know i mean just like just every offensive metric, they're, you know, near, you know, in the bottom, you know, quarter or so of the SEC, and then defensively, they're, you know, kind of in the middle of the pack. So a team, I, I just I'm going to say, just like I said, the walk and talk, a team like South Carolina shouldn't be coming into Fayetteville and beating a half decent Arkansas team by double digits. Right. And so, I mean, that just tells you that this isn't this isn't a half decent Arkansas team. (laughs) And uh, it's been proven to us over and over again. And uh, it's it's just it's frustrating. I I think there's, you know, another topic that I was covering on there. There's a lot of people, you know, you start to see people chirping a little bit about Musselman. And I mean, yeah, they're not having a good year. They didn't gel very well this year. He put together a different kind of roster than he's had before. He's tried to build, it seems like, a different team every year. But this is the best coach that Arkansas has had in a quarter century. It's the best coach since Nolan Richardson. It's not even, it's not even close. And, you know, if you start talking about uh, making a change, at, you know, and that, that's not happening. You know, I don't think on Arkansas's end voluntarily that wouldn't happen. But the odds are way more likely you're going to end up with somebody worse than Musselman um, if, you, if you tried to make a change. So my thoughts are I think he's overdue still for an extension and a raise. Uh, he hasn't gotten one in a while, and it's a tricky year to do that because you're going to have people upset, but that's just kind of the way college sports are. 
um, because, you know, he's not going to be coming off a great year. But to me, if you're not extending and raising the guy, uh, you're just saying, you know, we're fine if you go. That's my opinion on it. And so I think he was already overdue for one. But um, the guys earned a lot of grace with me going to two Elite Eights and a Sweet 16. Arkansas hasn't done that, hadn't gone to a Sweet 16 since 96 before he got here. So I don't know what people have been watching the last quarter century. Yeah, I, I don't know that I, I didn't know that he hadn't had a raise or an extension. Not that uh, any coach he got that one made... up to four million, I believe. Yeah, it was a pretty it, good you know deal at yeah, the time. Big that's bump. been yeah, that's been a few years had, ago. Hasn't had to it? have been it had to have been probably after the elite eight, which would have been his second the first year. elite eight. Yeah. yeah. So if he hadn't had any another elite eight, probably should have got a little bit of a bump. But let's face it, Trey. I, I just have to say this, and and somebody can shoot me down. All these coaches, these salaries are are just ridiculous, and so yeah. if four million's not enough, then that's not enough. Now, Let me ask you did, this, did he though. deserve a small bump? Mm-hmm. Yes, an extension. Yes, you need that in recruiting. Uh, and I know you're, what you're going to say is that's what everybody else is paying. Well, that's fine. Not quite. But it's it's bad Close. that it's bad that everybody's paying <laughs> those type of salaries. Right. Yeah, and um, then they ask you for more money. You know, and you're probably going to agree that, uh, you know, is like, is Adele overpaid or Taylor Swift, is she overpaid? You know, is, is Tom Cruise overpaid? Well, you know, here's these, the thing These people them, are celebrities. Exactly, and, and they are paid for individual performances that if they did not perform, they would not sell tickets and they would not be overpaid. And so that's, right, that's they're the also thing is, not competing against that's one, correct. one, one well, other person. Well, in effect, they are. In effect, yeah. they are because they're competing for your time and for your entertainment dollar. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so I would say in effect that they are. Yes, the thing about it is athletics is unlike mm-hmm. any other business other than the military where they're trying to kill you. But right. in athletics, I, I've shared with people before, it's kind of like how would you like every morning you're going to go to work, you get up, and somebody's blocking your driveway. Because they don't want you to be successful in what you're doing. And that's really what they face because everything that they're doing to game plan, somebody's game planning against them. So I get what you're saying, but I think mm-hmm. that we've gone way overboard in college athletics and probably professional yeah. athletics too. I mean, Tom Hanks doesn't come out with a movie, and then Denzel Washington comes out with a movie, and you have to decide, you know, one guy's good and one guy isn't. Right, but you don't have to go to either one of them. And but if enough people also- don't go, if enough people don't go, then, then they're not stars anymore. But I get what you're saying. Right. No, but it's I, all about I'm, how you're going to spend your entertainment dollar. Yeah. I would, I'm just, you know, backing up what you said. You can't compare sports to, um, no. you know, any other profession. It's just. But not. in, but in, but exactly what you're saying is right. Eric Musselman is an outstanding basketball coach, and his record is by far the best since Nolan's. You are right. We can all. I, I, we love Mike Anderson. Pelfrey was a good guy. Stan Heath was a really good guy. But Musselman's record is by far superior to anybody since Nolan. So that's that's not even an argument. No, it's not. And, I mean, when you look at all the other things he does, I mean, in terms of, you know, his activity level, you know, social media presence. I don't know when he sleeps. People may not think that that's a big thing. Yeah, I know. I, you know um, it, people may it, not think social media presence is important, and it's not. If you're not winning games, that's the last thing you talk about. But when you're – going through the boxes of everything that he does incredibly active and proactive in the transfer portal innovative um 
you know, obviously incredible pedigree. You know it it just kills him to lose. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a coach that takes losing as hard as, as Musselman does. You didn't know Lou Holtz. He, he no, was I didn't. Similar. Yeah, similar. <laughs> Lou Holtz was he would, a tad before He would my be time. depressed, depressed after a loss, and then he'd yeah. come back. But here's the thing, Trey, and this is where you just have to hang it, is for whatever reason, these players aren't performing. And that's the disappointment. Randy just went through a whole lot of statistics, and you have to say these these are guys that are better than this, and and then for whatever oh, yeah. reason they're not they're not they're not holding up their end of the bargain. Yeah, well, to me it looks like just an energy level and toughness, and maybe it's a team that needs to be in a game where there's 73 foul shots, and the game lasts two hours and 40 oh, minutes. Gosh. Maybe that's maybe that's the only answer because that's what happened in their win. So, yeah. but you know, even looking ahead, like there's going to be a lot of turnover with this roster. I mean, there's most of the guys are. Um, you know, either out of eligibility this year yeah. or would be like six-year seniors. Yeah. And Arkansas under Musselman or, well, anybody has never had a six-year senior. It's not like football where you see that sometimes. So there's going to be quite a bit of roster turnover next year. No doubt. All right, gentlemen, hang on. we got to take a break. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment. Man, we feel so honored to have uh, this gentleman with us again today at a special time. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer, Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. We have a couple of callers. We will touch on those. We have some other... Well, Gosh, I forget we have so much time today with Trey. I, I've got, I may have time to get everything in today in regards <laughs> to then what will I do tomorrow. But anyway, we'll worry about today. Let's uh, talk with Toby. Toby, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yes, I do. Thank you so much once again, guys, for taking my call. Really do enjoy your show. Um, hopefully you will agree with me, Trey, that defense is a teachable skill. Now, granted, some guys are more teachable than others. But, I mean, don't we have them, of our great defensive players that we've had come through Arkansas, say, for example, like Sidney Moncrief and all of those guys. And if that be the case, I mean, why don't why doesn't Musk just go ahead and maybe bring Sidney Moncrief back and put him on a retainer and let him teach these guys hmm. how to really play defense? I mean, this guy was not only a great defensive player in college, but also – Defensive Player of the Year in the pros, and and uh, it's not him. Somebody from the past, you know, who has been a great defensive player, put him on a retainer to let him teach these guys how to play some defense. I, I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. Well, Ronnie Brewer's on staff. He's a pretty good defensive player. Um, how do you Arkansas teach effort, Trey? Yeah, I, I don't think it's the teaching that's going yeah, on. Yeah. How do you teach? How do you how do you teach effort? How do you teach desire? Yeah, that's what it looks like to me more than anything. You know, as Musselman said, they they run the same drills that they run and the same teachings that they run when they led the nation in three-point defense a couple of years ago. And uh, they're a terrible three-point defensive team right now. I think they're like 208 nationally in three-point defense. They are leading the nation in blocks. At least that was the case before the South Carolina game. I think they only had three blocks, so maybe they slid a little bit. But they were leading the nation in block shots. That was a strategy that 
they transition from with the new rules changes with taking charges. You notice you don't see a bunch of charges taken right now, you know, and that's because Arkansas has just gotten away from it. Uh, it wasn't long ago when Jalen Williams led the country in charges taken, uh, but now it's it's about getting more vertical, so they're blocking more shots. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, they're, it's not like Musselman has uh, a bad reputation as a coach on defense. Um, I, I would say the Elite Eight team year before last was was excellent on defense, and um, yeah, I just, I just think that they the pieces that they put together, you know. When we looked at this team as it's being assembled, I'm thinking, well, this is going to be a great free throw shooting team. It's going to be a great three-point shooting team. And it really isn't. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, on top of it, defense is just sorely lacking. And so uh, I, I don't know that it's, again, I, when I look at Musselman's reputation as a coach and what I've seen from him, you know, over the five years that he's been here, uh, I think the guy knows what he's doing as a coach. And, Sometimes it just doesn't come together, and that looks like it's this year. At the same time, we have counted, and this feels different. I think we've, we've all agreed on that, that this feels like a different, it's going to be a different outcome for them. Uh, but we have seen them the last three years start off poorly and then some, figure something out. And usually uh, what they figured out was, was just playing stronger defense. And, you know, they, they go on a little run. Uh, this year it just doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Well, if defense leads to offense, yes. then the offense suffers when you're not playing for a good defense, mm-hmm. and we've seen that too, yeah. Let's talk with Steve. Steve, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Uh, first, Randy, let me uh, say welcome back, my friend. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Well, uh, to me, just because a player goes into the transfer portal that don't mean that they're very good. Well, of course. No. But the ones Arkansas got were supposed to be. They were, and, and yeah, they had and done well, well at other schools. Well, yeah. that, that that's my my question. Who does the evaluation? Because I remember the football team had this same problem about uh, three years ago. Musselman and that's is, all I got, uh, guys. is a major is a major leader as a head yes. coach when it comes to evaluating the portal prospects. Yes. Um, Michael also is obviously very big on it. You know, he's the, uh, I guess, the recruiting director also in addition to everything else. And so, but again, you know, Trevin Brazil is a, I was looking today, I, you know, you see him in the first round, pred- predicted in the first round. Uh, it amazes me. I mean, he had three points and six rebounds or something. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound like a, an NBA first-rounder. No. Uh, but, and you know, I know he came in the year before, but look at some of the other guys that they've brought in over the years who have been major impact guys. And really the talk last year, what was what were we talking about last year? Uh, they just went, they went a little too young. You know, they brought in all these five-star freshmen, uh, but they went too young, and they need to go get more portal guys. That was what we were saying last year. And so this year, they went out and got a bunch of portal guys, only brought in two high school recruits, both five stars. And uh, it just it just hasn't worked out for whatever reason. So, uh, But, I mean, Tremont Mark was a huge get out of the transfer portal. Tremont Mark yep. was also he's a good in the player. NBA. He was in the NBA draft. He declared with eligibility, you know, you know with, and kept his eligibility um, when he committed to Arkansas and then withdrew. Uh, but, 
you know, Mark has been a really good player. They got out of the transfer portal. And, um, you know, you look at L. Ellis, the guy averaged 17.7 points a game last year for Louisville and hasn't even come close to doing something like that this year. Um, you know, it, Mackay, guys, Makai Mitchell was a solid player for them last year yeah. in the post. Yeah. He has taken a dramatic step back for whatever reason. I don't know if there's maybe an injury or something with him, but he is not – he was a – you know – he was a – I don't think he started every game, but he started more games than he didn't last year. And he has not been anywhere close to that guy. Um, you know, Jalen Graham, to me, hasn't been as good on offense as, no. as he was. And Devo isn't playing like he has in the past. I mean, there's a lot, I mean, to look at that, you know, where guys just, just aren't living up to uh, – Caleb Battle, guys, was a three-point – was just deadly from three-point at Temple. And, you know, he hasn't found his, his rhythm. And there's just a lot of that. They're just not not playing well together. I mean, it's just just not playing well together. All right, Trey, this is from our Gangster Museum of America Life in Feedback. Uh, this from Big Keith. He says, uh, trying again. Muss has a $275,000 buyout after this season. There's no way Eurocheck is that incompetent. We're allowed that on his own. Ask yourself, why would a coach with Muss's success have a buyout that low? Answer, he didn't want a big buyout. I'm afraid I know the reason why. Just my thoughts. What are Trey's and Rick's thoughts? Well, we'll get that from you when we come back. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. And that's Trey Biddy. I'm Randy Rainwater from the capital city. And gentlemen, right before we took the break, there was a question that was submitted by uh, Big Keith. I don't know if you remember exactly sure the... okay we remember we remember the question oh trey, yeah now trey i have to tell you and, and it's great to have you on for a, a full hour tonight uh i don't follow contracts as closely as you probably do did you know his buyout was that small by today's standards i don't believe that's accurate he said two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Two seventy five. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his buyout is going to be like so. If if Musselman were to leave for another team, currently at the end of this season, his buyout would be a million dollars. When it was initially signed, it was seven point five million, and then Ooh, it slowly wow. dropped down over the years. So it would be a million if he left for another team. If Arkansas were to fire him, which I don't even know why we're talking about that. It's ludicrous. Right. Um, they would owe him 70% of the remainder of his contract. So Musselman's contract was originally signed in 2021, and it was $4 million. I believe it was a five-year deal, $4 million. Okay. When he went to the next NCAA tournament, he it was extended a year to 2027 and he his contract went up a hundred thousand so he was at 4.1 when he went to the next one last year it extended it to 2028 and he went up to 4.2 million and that's where he so is he right has now. had 4. a raise two million. A, so he has had a raise in extension it just hadn't been huge yes, but, but but it's okay. done now okay. there's no more extensions in in the contract it was as far as he could go as far as he could get extended was 2028 so um 
it would need to be restructured, you know, after this to keep, you know, the number of years on it. So at 4.2 million with his contract being out to 2028, 20, as I understand it, that would be four more years. That would right. be $11.76 million yeah. that Arkansas okay. would owe him if they were to fire him, which, again, is not happening. And that's 70%. Um, that would, yeah, that would be 70% okay. of the remainder of the All contract. Right. Yeah. So, but if he were to leave on his own, this is what, to me, is what's scary. $1 million is dropping the bucket today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, to me, you put a better contract out there that has a bigger buyout. So, you know, somebody doesn't look at that and say, well, that's a – Heck, we can get Musselman, and all we have to pay is a million bucks. Because I guarantee you there are a lot of programs around there in the country that view Eric Musselman as a big get. So that's yeah. where I would say, yeah, restructure the deal. It's also there's no more extensions for making the NCAA tournament, so it's not going to get bumped out to 2029. He also has, if he's the head coach at the end of 2026, there's an extra $1.5 million retention bonus that would be added on to his salary. Well, uh, you, boy, you make good points, and I'm glad you knew all that because uh, obviously the, the person asking the question wasn't accurate on that. But you think about it, boy, it's all on the University of Arkansas. If they yes. fire him, they got to pay a lot. If he leaves, they don't have to pay. He doesn't have to pay hardly anything. So yeah. uh, by today's pretty, standards, uh, yeah. That's pretty standard for um, the way, you know, the, the imbalance of it. You know, the coach holds, I guess, a little bit more power. Um then, well, look at you know, Alabama that, had to pay twelve million for Washington's coach, twelve million. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole lot difference. And you're right, a yeah. million, sure, yeah, a million bucks to get muscle. And, and the way the transfer portal is working, other schools are flirting with your players. They could certainly yeah. flirt, flirt with your coach, couldn't they? Now, if Musselman were to take the University of San Diego job, he wouldn't know anything. Oh, because that that's was, his home. That was put into his contract, I think, kind really? of as a, you know, just a fun little thing kind of to mess with his friends. Yeah. From back Does that include the San Diego Padres? Do what? <laughs> Does no, that include just, managing just the, the San Diego Padres? <laughs> just the university. <laughs> okay. Because he does go to major league games, you know. He you does. Know, yeah. In the summer, he here he is with Dusty Baker. I mean, the guy here. is the yeah. guy is. I don't know. I haven't seen any update lately, but he used to be number one in social media interactions. He used to be. I mean, it's like one thing after another. You know, there's like month after month after month. Eric Musselman, number one social media interactions. The transfer portal happens, and you know, every single player out there who enters the transfer portal who's decent. Um, you know, who have you heard from? Well, I've heard from Arkansas, and so a lot of that's a smokescreen from Arkansas. They don't want everybody to know exactly who they've honed in on, but. Yeah. I mean, they are active. They are they're doing everything that you would say. There's nothing about Eric Musselman that I look at and say, man, if he would just do this, if he would just embrace that. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, there, there just isn't. And, like, he checks all the boxes. I mean, his resume, his, um, his activity level, his energy, his attention to detail, I mean, his practices are – I mean, crazy. Like he's got he's got players, um, you know, assigned based on you know how good a player they are, how good a shooter they are, how good a three point shooter they are. They have colors assigned to them. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're when they're out there uh, practicing, like, hey, this this guy's B.J. Mack. He will step out and shoot the three. You know, he's this is his color. Like all kinds of this absurd levels of attention to detail that you can only have if you're, you know, have like just. If you're just mental, I've said it before, like he's, you know, I know what it, 
is like to have some OCD tendencies. And, you know, I think to be a great basketball coach or a coach on any level, you have to have those kind of tendencies where you just cannot leave anything up to chance. And he does that. And it's unfortunate that the season has gone the way it has because I can guarantee he's doing everything that he can possibly think of to be doing and things that have worked for him in the past. All right, gentlemen, let me let me ask you, among others, to put – because I think maybe you know this gentleman, uh, Trey, and I think uh, you likewise, Rick, know this gentleman. Uh, please extend prayers for Greg Rowden. He is the R. It's uh, part of the DHR group of yeah. Sonic Drive-Ins. Yeah. Yeah. Greg had a uh, medical procedure done over the weekend, and he is in need of your prayers as he goes through the recovery now. Uh, we have known Greg for, gosh, I'm not sure how many years. Wonderful, wonderful father, uh, husband, uh, great Christian man. I, I could go on and on. So just put Greg into your prayers. Um, this is going to be a process, and, it may, and we're not sure how long this process is going to last. But let's just simply say he needs your prayers at this point in time. So please put Greg Rowden of the DHR group of Sonic Drive-Ins in your prayers. All right, Trey, I want to hit a couple of headlines. I call them headlines because I'll just give you the headline and let you take it from there. Uh, Mystery writer wrote this one uh, earlier this afternoon uh, by the name of Trey Biddy. Anticipated Arkansas spring football schedule plus more key dates and um, what I was excited about is uh, not only do you possibly identify from when it actually will begin the very first practice which looked to be March the 7th but when spring break occurs March the 18th through Friday March the 22nd that's always important to know at least Mm -hmm. for those that are following the athletic programs and when school's in session and not, and so forth and so on. But it looks like kind of like everything's now starting to fall in place for the spring schedule. Yeah. By the way, Randy, while we're on that, can I I need to take off uh, the 18th through the 22nd, if that's all right. While we're on that topic. Going to go somewhere for spring. Wait a minute. Do I need to write this in my notes? Trey needs off. It's like going anywhere. I mean, we may do staycation. I don't want anybody to think I'm leaving my house out there. Yeah, um, so, so, you know, March 7th, now this is based on, I got a pretty good source close to the program, I'll just say that. Um, nothing has been announced officially on on uh, spring drills yet. It's, this is not official, but when you look at how they structured things last year and what I've been told about what their game plan is this year, this is how it lines up. So March 7th, is when I'm thinking is going to be the first day. I know that they're going to do five practices before spring break, and this is kind of how they did it last year. They went March 7th and 8th, and then they went Sunday the 10th and Tuesday the 12th, and then Thursday the 14th, and then they'll cut them loose for spring break. So they'll have that Friday, you know, two full weekends basically around spring break. So that's – pretty much what you can expect those first five practices and then they'll have spring break and then they'll come back and obviously meet and then tuesday the 26th of march 
the 28th of March. So basically what they'll end up doing is they'll go every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. This is pretty traditional um, how they have done it in the past, uh, regardless of how many practices they have had before spring break. A couple of years ago, they only had three practices before spring break, but I've been informed that it will be five. So you'll go every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, until the last week. The last week you'll go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That Saturday, which will be April 13th, is when I'm expecting them to hold the red-white game. Now, aside from, you know, everything moving up, everything's basically two days earlier. It's a leap year, too, so everything's going to move up two days ahead of when it was last year. Aside from that, the schedule should be pretty pretty much the same. Saturday practices and, and Sunday practice, they'll have one Sunday practice. Those generally last year were anywhere from 8.55 a.m. to 10.10 a.m. to noon. That's when the red-white game was last year also. It was at noon. Now, what's going to be different is the weekday practices. I asked Sam Pittman about the schedule, you know, back – it's been a while back, like, what are you thinking for spring and all this stuff? And they didn't have everything out, outlined then. He, but he did say, you know, I'm thinking we want to do morning practices this year because they really? did those in fall camp. Yeah. So they're going to do morning practices. And this was an idea that they started on pretty early. So they've got class schedules in order and all that kind of stuff. So they will practice during the week in the morning. Now, I don't know if it'll work out for, you know, the days when they have like a Friday practice, you know, or something like that. But it sounds pretty certain for those Tuesday, Thursday practices that those will be conducted in the morning. Hmm. Interesting. Which I've never, I've never seen done before. Hmm. Well, the thing is, you, you, you're in class, so you got to work around class schedules. So how early in the yep. morning? I guess if they want to work at six in the morning, they could do that. Yeah, but I don't it, think it, that early, but it's going to be, you know, earlier in the morning. But that was something because I asked them too, you know, like how do you work around class schedules? And they said, well, yeah. we got it figured out. We're getting, getting ahead, you know, getting a jump on it. So, uh, you know, when I was in school like in the latter years i would just get like you can work it out to where you know and i do this with my interns too because you know i'm like hey you know what's your class schedule you know tuesday thursday there's going to be a lot of football practices i'd like to have you there uh and so you know they will often you know schedule all their classes if possible for monday wednesday friday because you know anybody who's mm-hmm. gone to college know you know tuesday thursdays mm-hmm. are generally the same classes same times and monday wednesday friday are the same classes same times. so right. what i would always do is i tried to schedule my classes just load up on tuesdays and thursdays and that way i had monday wednesday friday where i didn't have to go to class um you know or vice versa but i, I really like the tuesday thursday slate Hmm. The other thing they can do is if a class has a lab, those are usually in the afternoon, and sometimes yeah, players can't take classes mm-hmm. that have labs because of that, and that would allow them to do that. Yeah, and usually one day a week on a lab. So, um, yeah, yeah, they, they can work around it, and I'm sure they, they wouldn't have jumped into it without a game plan. But as of last talking to Sam Pittman publicly about it, uh, that's what he had, um, had said. Hmm. Let's talk with uh, DK. DK, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yes, sir. Good evening, fellas. Uh, Mr. Biddy, look here. Yes, sir. Uh, so does that mean they're going to have the offensive line figured out <laughs> by the first game? <laughs> but, well, because first of their game, practice times? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I really was just being a little facetious. You are being funny, question. yeah. 
<laughs> this uh this is my my question uh Trey. Now you remember when Bielema was there and and they had things going semi good for a minute and then he went to losing pieces off his staff and then the wheels fell off. Do you yeah. see a similar situation happening with uh Musman because he lost his number one guy? He wouldn't be in the head coach somewhere. And I think he done lost two. I'm not for sure if it's three, but I know two and one of them was his number one guy off his staff. I take your answer off air. Y'all have a rest of a good rest of the day, fellas. Yeah, I mean he's he's changed over. I really like Gus Arginal. I mean, really did. Um, the guy that was there before Arginal was there just a year or two, though, right? Um, what was his name? Uh, kind of the big one to person. me was Courtney Crutchfield. Was it Crutchfield? Last name was Crutchfield. It wasn't Courtney. Yeah, that came from Oklahoma. Yeah, that was the big one. Yeah, well, he was the first one, and then they replaced him. I mean, I feel like they've changed that position, you know, several times. Um, you know, it still has Keith Smart, still has Ronnie Brewer on staff, still has Michael, obviously. Um, you know, so I mean, they've had – it feels like one coach has kind of rotated pretty consistently um, on that staff. So I don't know that – I don't know that that's the, you know, the main reason for why they've, you know, kind of – devolved this year but um is that kind of like what we would call the second chair yeah yeah um what is the guy's i'm somebody will know somebody out there listening knows um the guy that he had after was it crutchfield i don't know i think you're right crutchfield may have been the first he came from oklahoma and did he not go to oregon someplace like that i mean it it was you know it was a good move but uh he was especially at that time because you didn't have the transfer portal. You didn't have uh, NIL, so he was critical in recruiting. Yeah, and so uh, they brought in Todd Lee this year, and then last year um, it was obviously Arginal, and then let's see. Clay Mosier, he's not. If you have a they, me, they if you have a basketball have a media guy, doesn't it lift, list the? I'm uh, looking at the roster right now. Football does. I don't know if basketball had, lists. Do they list all the coaching staff? They had uh, David Patrick and Corey Williams on 2020-2021, and then that first group, Chris Crutchfield. Yep. Chris Crutchfield. But he only lasted a year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he lasted a year. So they, I mean, they've had change every every year. Chris Crutchfield, and then there was David Patrick who came on, I believe, to replace him. Um, and then the next year, they don't have it really updated on 2021, 2022 for some reason. But is that when Keith Smart came in? He's, He's been, been there going on three now. years, yeah. yeah. I would think yeah. so. In the twenty twenty last year, twenty twenty two, twenty three staff only had less three coaches, so they don't they didn't update that. And then this year, uh, they brought in Todd Lee. So, and I think I believe they elevated uh, Michael Musselman this year also, didn't they? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Ronnie Brewer. And Ronnie Brewer. Yep. So you got yeah. right now you got Musselman, Smart, Ruda. Ruda's been there the whole time. Uh, Todd Lee is new, and Musselman and uh, Michael Musselman and Ronnie Brewer. Trent, go. good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Yes, I do, Randy. First off, thanks for taking my call. You bet. 
I went and asked Trey first. I said, Trey, how did you uh, Photoshop the steam coming out of your ears <laughs> on your walking top? <laughs> well, it was about 22 degrees, so. <laughs> Clay Mosier. That's the. That's... Well, I was I was worried about your blood pressure. I was hoping you were okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I try to bring the energy and, uh, <laughs> you know, try to let everybody know exactly. That's kind of how I've always been. Everybody knows how I feel when I walk into the room. So. Um, well, I mean, uh, as far as the basketball team is concerned, you know, it's just painful to watch us on the uh, post-chip shows. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's like Kim said last night, his observations, and I think most of every fan in Arkansas right now, is the team is lackadaisical, they have no energy, and Kevin Brazil is playing soft for some reason. Yeah, I'm wondering on Brazil, is it is he still hesitant on his knee? Because that was 13 months ago when he had that injury. Is it still, is that in his head a little bit? Because he, I mean, he just has so much ability. And obviously, you know, the NBA scouts see it. I just, it's it's perplexing how he would have three three points, you know, for, for all the time that he's out there. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, and, you know, Musselman's different in the postgame too now. You know, there's now, a little bit of kind now, of. Randy, this not, is basically for you. It seems like Groundhog Day. I wake up, and the <laughs> Buffalo Bills have been beaten by the Chiefs again. <laughs> Man, uh, I just, all I, I can I say is wide right. Boy, how about Jim Nance's well, call on that? Well, wide right, the worst two words in Buffalo. When you're you're taking up so much ground on your rushing game. I mean, Cook, this guy is just chewing up yardage, and then you pass. You want to use time, and you know, and then wide right. And I don't know if the coaching staff is going to change or what, but I'm looking forward to next year. But I'm hoping the Lions take it all because I'm really like Ragnall. Oh, what an Iron Man. Thank you, Trent. Man, uh, that guy is uh, – he may be – Made together right now with scrap iron, but he is tough, 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 tough. Uh, and I love it every time Dan Skipper comes in, they start shouting, 70, 70, uh, because he's entering the ball game. He's letting himself yeah, I was, know he's eligible. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. It's, it's great that Arkansas has, you know, a couple guys in the NFL you can cheer for, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of Arkansas fans may don't – may not have an, an NFL favorite team. A lot of them do. Like, a lot of Cowboys fans, a lot of Chiefs fans, obviously. But uh, why can't why can't we get like a quarterback in the NFL? Like, I look at Oklahoma, just so jealous. Yeah. Like, they get you know they get quarterbacks going against each other. Like other than Joe Ferguson, that's it. Joe Ferguson's yeah. been it. Yeah, it's just a, that's a it. And that's a long time ago. Or quarterback or you know yeah. something. Come on, Trey. Thank you for the extra time today. Trey, be at hogsports.com.